Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, the weekly spin-off podcast where Dad and I try and keep you company through this trying time. Dad, how has your week been so far? My week, Paul, mm. has been... Yeah. Um, really, <laughs> it's been really good. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. Um, just before we went on online, so to speak, yeah. I told you um, that I was sitting here in almost total darkness. Yeah, I didn't get that. I don't understand that. No, well, I, I we have shutters here and I just shut everything up, turn the fridge off, mm. uh, which is problematic if I forget to turn it back on. Right, because then you've got a box full of rancid food. Which is well, we have no food in our fridge, Paul, because You're we don't... You're practicing minimalist. Yes, I get that. Yes, <laughs> yes we all know. We, we, we know. We all know. <laughs> um, Paul, two things that I I know you'd like to, always like to know what, you, you sort of like to get a sense of what I'm going to talk about. Uh-huh. Can I just share two very quick things with you and the listeners? Uh, look, I'll be honest, that depends. Uh, and if, if there's a sudden odd edit here, it's because you said something. Okay, cool. But yep, firstly, listeners, I don't want you, to, don't want you all to think I'm completely uh, troppo, but I... Looked into our sink this morning, yeah. and you know how water pools in a sink. Once uh, you let you you let the water out, yeah, and there's always a residual. Would you not agree? Um, I don't really know like what big, you're talking like about. A, Do you mean it's well, clogged you, and it's filling up, or no, no, no? You've let the water out of a sink, yeah, and you look down, and there's a a bit of residual water that didn't go down the sink. It just sits on the stainless steel. I think you're plumbing my... I think you're plumbing my... Paul, Paul, I'm not talking... I'm I'm talking... God, Paul. You're talking talking like... So you're talking like residue. You don't mean... No, just a couple of droplets of water. I mean, (laughs) for fuck's sake, Paul. I mean, go and have a look in your sink after this in-depth interview. Whatever it is, yeah. And you'll see. But here's the the amazing thing, listeners... Yep. <clears throat> Sorry about that, everyone. Um, I looked down into the sink this morning and I mm-hmm. saw a perfectly formed map of Australia, excluding Tasmania. So I feel sorry about that because uh-huh. that would have been a bit creepy. Yeah, but there was a map of ta- uh, map of uh, Australia just just lying there. So whenever you see, if you see like the the Virgin Mary in a in a piece of toast, you meant to call the Vatican. Who do we call about Paul, this? Like- Paul, listen to me, mate. That's fair income. It was an incredible. 
map. It, it, let's call it a depiction of Australia. That was uh-huh. super weird. I've not yep. seen that before. Then, okay, listeners, yep. I need you all to just listen. Okay, for everyone, one sec. stop. Dad, Dad, listen. First of all, if it doesn't have like uh, roads, waterways, tributaries, things like that, and state lines, it's not a map. It's just the, it's like a shape. It was the outline. It's the Australia. outline. All okay, right, then right. Christine and I, we left our uh, place in Rushcutters Bay this morning. Uh-huh. We walked outside, and there in the garden, underneath a tree. Yep. was a perfectly formed circle of salt. Hello? Yeah, I know. I, I'm just... Do you know what that w- means, Paul? It means someone was trying to trap a demon Correct. inside the circle of salt. How big was the circle? It was definitely big enough for at least one human to be able to stand totally within the circle. That's spooky. And Christine and I both looked at it. Uh-huh. And we then went off and had coffee. I came back. And the circle was broken? And it was broken in four... (laughs) Paul, this is serious. It was broken in four places. Right. And then I came inside and did some research on salt circles. Mm -hmm. And they are pretty bloody creepy. I know. So, Paul, you don't... I mean, what a way to start this week's podcast. Well, yeah, well, now that you've... Okay, so I feel like if you and mum really were the monster hunters that I suspected you were all along, you would have been more vigilant and left more than a salt circle because, you know, that means four things escaped, not just one. So well, I was just trying to think about why this happened this morning and then I thought, well, it's the 1st of October. I'm yeah. not sure whether there's any significance there. Well, and the reason, Halloween. But... And the reason I do talk about this quite openly and mention Christine is that I feel that she gives credence to the story. What do you in, mean? In, well, she's a witness. Yeah, okay. So I think it's... Um, I, I, I Look, I just wanted to put it out there. I, I think those, uh, particularly the, the salt, salty circle, yep. uh, is, is quite fascinating. So maybe someone, someone had, clearly maybe someone just done... Dro- maybe someone just dropped a really big margarita, you know? Paul, it was a perfect circle. It was yeah, actually, margarita. It was large. Yeah, really two, big margarita, really big. It was two feet in diameter at least. If you drank a really big margarita and then dropped the glass face down, there's your ring of salt. Mm, there was there was at least, I would say, half a kilo of salt. All right, all right. So do you think it's fascinating? I think it's fascinating. I mean, I, I always love the fact that, you know, one of the things that stymies the lords of the underworld is salt. It's like table salt. Mm. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah, anyway, that's 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 my. I wanted to. Thanks for letting me put that out there. No problem. I really appreciate. It. I, I appreciate this this glimpse into your brain. Uh, I I've really enjoyed it. And please, uh, if you see a salt circle, everyone, maybe go get some salt. Draw a second circle just to ensure that it. If, if something does escape, it doesn't. Mm. I mean, where are those four things now? Mm. Uh, is one of them going to appear on the mic later on? Are you are you possessed? Is this you, Dad, no. or is this some? It's me. Okay, great. I've got a question here from a listener called Rachel. Hi, I have a question about when someone dies at home. My grandfather died of a heart attack at home, and I know detectives come and question the rest of the people who were there. Do they automatic? Do they do automatic autopsies to make sure that that was the true cause of death? Not that I think my grandfather died of anything other than a heart attack. Love listening to you every week. Thanks for keeping us entertained. Thanks, Rachel. Rachel, Rachel. Uh, Just one, Rachel. It's a very, very good question. Mm. Um, look. The reality in these situations is that if you're... I mean, he was your grandfather, and unless he was a very, very young grandfather... I'm just trying to figure out how young you could 
possibly be. Like a friend of mine once had a baby when he was 15. So then if that girl at the age of 15 had a baby, which is very possible, then the grandfather would be 30. Am I right? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's not inconceivable by any stretch of the imagination. So a 30-year-old grandfather, um, if he died, then that would be more than likely cause to have a post-mortem. However, most grandmothers and grandfathers throughout the world are or tend to be elderly. Now, if they're in their 70s, 80s, 90s, um, or even for a few of them over 100 years of age, Mm -hmm. the chances are that their health has not been fantastic, hence they've been seeing a doctor regularly, as was my father, your grandfather, and a simple... Uh, situation is where the treating doctor issues a certificate as to the cause of death and thereby there's no post-mortem involved. Okay? How's that? Is that making sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Um, Rachel hasn't said that her grandfather did have a post-mortem. And she no, hasn't, she, but she mentioned she detectives. No, she, well, yeah, she said... That's interesting. So my grandfather died of a heart attack, and I know detectives come and question the rest of the people who were there. Ah, came yes. and, co- hmm. and so she's making came- an assumption that, but she doesn't state that they came to her grandfather. Oh yeah. And 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 look, the whole thing's, um, if there is a crime suspected, yeah. Um, look, let's face it. Um, okay, I'm I'm sixty. I'm fit. I have no underlying medical problems. If I was to pass away today, imagine if I passed away slumped over the microphone. Okay. Um, Christine comes home. Yep. She sees me here. Uh, and I haven't seen a doctor for a long time. Mm-hmm. My gut feeling, taking all that into consideration, I would have a post-mortem well if you had a gut feeling before you died i mean that is cause for a post-mortem also a broken salt circle implies i mean if you get sort of like a paranormal investigator over they're going to have different criteria but a regular detective is only you're saying going to get called if there are several factors coinciding Mm. to go look this is probably not a regular that's right and also the detectives are the second group to be called firstly it will be general duties police yep okay and they'll make the call if it seems suspicious, the detectives will arrive, and then we all know what happens. Who comes after the detectives? Forensics. Yep, yep. Uh, because imagine if there was foul play. Or a, like, a, like a weird residue on a glass near the body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, and then you would, co- like, so you would come and fingerprint it, you would take it away for analysis. Yeah, yeah. You know. Or there was a weapon involved. Right. Imagine if you... Uh, just hypothetically, and it does happen where you kill yourself, perhaps with uh-huh. a knife, but then you manage in your dying, in those last seconds, you manage to throw the knife a long way away. And it's not out of the realms where the person that is taking their own life may well consider, let's imagine they thought, you know what, I'm going to go out and create a little bit of a mystery. So, Or they may have had a bit of a... Um, a seizure and they flick the knife and the the knife ends up imagine if the knife ended up 20 feet from the body i mean the the last thing you'd think would be suicide wouldn't it 
or you make sure that someone you want to frame has touched the, the object Brilliant. And, and you and that's easily done easily done and 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 remember paul in previous um shows something that i don't tend to talk about too much but it's it's a reality and that is that you can move fingerprints from one object you can lift the print and you yep. can place it on another item Dad, can I tell you something? The other night, we watched a film on Disney Plus called National Treasure. It's basically like The Da Vinci Code, but good. And in it, Nicolas Cage has to break into a, 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 like a secure location. And he does the exact thing. I was saying this to Tegan as we were watching. It was bizarre. So he, he got someone's fingerprint off a glass, and he put the object with the fingerprints on it inside a plastic bag with some super glue. And something else. He closes the bag and fumes rise up and then the the fingerprints became darkened and then he used like a latex sticky thing to kind of grab the thumbprint and then he popped it on a on a thumbprint scanner. Hmm. And it felt like an episode of loose units. Paul, like he was he mate, was doing the thing that you mentioned. That's exactly that is I told you some probably years ago. Yeah, well I was like about, at least two seasons ago. But how that that, that process was discovered hmm. in Australia was it? Accidentally, when a shipment of superglue was being transported <laughs> from Sydney to Perth, yeah. some of it became, uh, it, it probably due to extreme heat going across the Nullarbor, yeah, some yeah. of the capsules of superglue burst, yeah, yeah. the vapour from the superglue uh-huh. permeated the contents of this large sealed truck and, and so in when amongst they, it was black plastic and, and the when they black... open the they open the truck and presumably the people who've handled it have left fingerprints and those fingerprints were standing out stark they were sticking out like dogs balls oh all right um and the thing about that process that was mm. discovered accidentally um is that the fingerprints are white and they 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 look like snow and they're yeah. incredibly accurate very mm. precise and what you yep. can do you can either photograph them or you can lift them. And then we just simply, at the Central Fingerprint Bureau back in the 1980s, we had these um, modified fish tanks with the, the obviously the top you could take the lid off. Yeah. We would then have a Petri dish in the bottom. We would literally, I mean, we must have been responsible for probably buying half Australia's super glue. And we used to just squeeze numerous because you remember they come in tiny little tubes. Oh yes, and, and it's re- you've got to be very careful with it. Otherwise, well, you know what happens if you get it stuck. Well, if you get it on two fingers, you need a solvent. Otherwise, your skin will come apart. You're correct. So, yeah. and then we used to hang on these tiny little makeshift. I describe them as sort of mini clothes lines. We'd hang uh-huh. the exhibits, and we'd wait for hours or even days. We'd come back, and there, hey presto were the most fantastic latent fingerprints. So you can actually, and we used to lift fingerprints. We, we used to carry these things in our, our kits called fingerprint lifters, yeah. and they were, they were like a glorified um, sticky tape. And you, and you could take, you could lift latent prints from the scene of a crime and then get them back to the laboratory and do your identification. Now, it, it, it then stands to reason why couldn't you lift a fingerprint and then simply take it to the scene of another crime, right, and then deposit that print. I mean, it's 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 absolutely scary. So you could, you could take the prints, bring it to the scene of where your body was found, slumped over the desk, and put it on a on, weapon. On a weapon, yeah. And okay, so this this fingerprint method that you mentioned that was discovered in Australia, were mm. you involved in that in no, any way? No, no. But I, I know that it was happening 
it was very, very new and recent. I just feel like that that makes you honestly that makes you that makes you national treasure adjacent, and that's that's really cool. Don't you mean adjunct? No, I mean adjacent. Cool. Uh, I have another question here. It's from Allison. Uh, and it's a long one, but it's a good one. Hey, guys, obsessed with the podcast. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Alison. A question for John regarding the deaths of my uncle and auntie. Eight years ago, my uncle suffered a massive heart attack and as a result was placed into an induced coma. After a few days, it was the family's decision to have his life support switched off. He continued to breathe unassisted before opening his eyes, looking at his son and smiling and then gently slipped away. Oof. Six weeks later, the same hospital, my uncle's wife had recently had surgery to investigate stomach problems only to discover she was riddled with asbestos. Asbestosis? Is that what it's called? Mm. Mm. Or mesothelioma. Okay. Nothing they could do. She was closed back up and made comfortable before slipping into a coma. The family was once again asked to make the horrific decision to turn off now their mother's life support. We gathered... Oh, God, this is heavy. We gathered around her bed, and within moments, she sat upright, gasping for air with her eyes wide open, looking absolutely terrified. Everyone was hysterical, her daughter yelling, Mum, I'm here, I'm here. It was like a horror movie for what seemed like minutes before she slowly calmed down and passed away. Oh my God. Can you offer any explanation as to the vast difference between the two experiences? Why was my aunt's passing so horrific, yet my uncle's so peaceful? The vision has never left me. And that's from Alison. Whoa. Mm, that's heavy. Mm. Um, there's a very famous story about Mussolini, who, as he was dying... And there were a lot of people around. He clenched his fist and he started shaking the fist at what people believe is a person that Mussolini thought was God. Right. And they believe that he was actually saying to God words to the effect, How dare you take me? I'm not coming. Stuff you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, this was in his dying throes. He realized that he was dying, but he believed he was almost infallible and he was really pissed off. Mm. Um... You recall the time I had to go to St. Vincent's to identify that person <coughs> excuse me, who'd been bashed by the bouncers up at the cross and I it, had it's to... In, yeah, it's, it's, in the, it's in the book. It's yeah, in the and, book. And, and all the family were around and I had to identify him because he was facially unrecognisable. So I had to fingerprint him and um, I've done that quite a few times, Paul. There were the two brothers in, in the Lamborghini where I had to uh, fingerprint them because they were headless and they had and I was picking glass out of their fingers prior to inking their their, their palms mm-hmm. and their fingers. And, yeah. you know, um, I've had a lot to do with people um, that have died or are going to die, and I've heard a lot about the various things that can happen. I mean, not everyone just passes away. I mean, yeah. uh, for me, one of the worst possible... Do you ever think about how you'd not like to die? Do you ever think about stuff like that? Yeah, sometimes. So for me, um, the thing, listeners, that I probably find the most terrible is is, is to drown. Um, I'd hate to burn, um, burn to death, but that's very, very unlikely unless, I mean, it did happen. They used to burn people at the stake, which would be <laughs> diabolical. I guess the thing about dying is... You wouldn't want to know you're going to die, but when you're drowning, and I've almost drowned a few times, you actually, that's the closest I've ever come to actually checking out. Yeah. And it's the most, I mean, there's only one word to describe my drowning experiences in big seas, and that's eventually you just get this sense of, um, you feel, inc- I felt incredibly sad um, because I could see people on the headland watching me. They couldn't do anything. They were powerless, and and it's just a really bad feeling. Uh, and um, I can't. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. Do you remember when I almost drowned? Um, did you? <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> we were we were at the Manly Pools. You know, we were at the kind of uh, at those pools that used to take us to a yep. lot. Yeah. Um, and I remember I went into the pool, and I must have been like seven or something like that, seven or eight maybe. Uh, and we used to go there all the time. I remember the smell of like, you know, like the, the burning hot concrete during mm. the summer and the, the, the kind of soggy hot chips mm. with the vinegar dousing them yeah. and, the, and the vanilla paddle pops and that whole like vibe. Mm. And I remember I went into the pool and I thought if I get a plastic bag and I kind of pull it down and create like a little like an air pocket, I mm. can put my head into it. What naturally happened was I swam down to the bottom and the plastic bag... Uh, water filled the bag and uh, filled my mouth because, you know, I kind of started sucking in the plastic mm. and I almost drowned. And I remember a stranger came in and hauled me out of the pool. Um, why don't you remember that? That is insane. <clears throat> I almost Paul, I have drowned. no recollection. 
Are you sure I was there? Uh, I'm, oh, that's a good point because you were doing lots of shift work. Maybe mm. mum. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk to mum about it. But I, mate, I would remember that, okay? I, I hope so. <clears throat> Definitely. I remember Mark, he, he um, was a bit of a, a wild kid and he went out into the surf with the mm. surfboard and I said, because he didn't know how to surf. Yeah. And I said, mate, it's all going to end in misery. And he went out and he, I stood on the shore watching him literally drown. And I waited until the last second. And then I went out and grabbed him. And I dragged him because I wanted him to learn a lesson (laughs) about the power of the ocean. Because he needed to know that the ocean will smite you. Yeah. And it was a timing. I mean, you know, there'll be people out there that go, well, that was slightly irresponsible. But, you know, I timed it pretty well. Um, What if your timing had been off and your son had died because of your lesson? Paul, it wasn't so that dramatic. Paul, no, Paul, no, Paul, no, mate. I mean, it was pretty... Well, I mean, I guess I should talk to Christine about that particular story and Just see find what she out. Thinks. Yeah, it's not that I think... Look, don't get me wrong. It's, it, pro- it might not be as bad as I think. But mm. having said that, I'm, I remember almost drowning and having a stranger pull me out of the pool and uh, get me moving again. Mm. It was pretty stressful, mm. but... Um, I mean, okay. Now that now that you've done Mark and me, has Anne almost died at any point? Um, as far as we know, not to my knowledge. Okay. Well, she spent yeah. many years gallivanting around the world, so maybe she's had some maybe weird in this. Chose not to tell me certain things, but Paul, in answer to the, the previous question, uh, yes, um, yes, it's the first one was the first story was was quite fascinating. Mm. Um, the second one indicates to me she was delirious. Um, I mean, who knows what goes on inside the human? It's a huge thing. Yeah. Um, do you have any more questions? You know that we have the ashes of my dad in at my mum's place, and every time I visit my mother, which is between once and twice a week, she always sort of longingly says to me, mm-hmm. John, have you made any inquiries about putting the ashes into a little niche at a cemetery? Yeah. And every time I look at mum and smile sweetly and say, I haven't done that yet, mum. But mum, I will get around to it. Um, Something I want to do. But it started me thinking about the process of, um, you know, people have ashes around. Sometimes they keep them. Sometimes they scatter them. Sometimes they put them in a niche. Um, Sometimes they have them on the mantelpiece. So they're all different ways. Sometimes they have them turned into jewellery. Sometimes they have them turned into art. There are lots and lots of things you can do with ashes. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was at an auction house recently um, in Leichhardt and one of the uh, the lovely staff members, she told me a story that, quite frankly, I couldn't get my head around. And she was fairly vague about the specifics so I decided to do some research, Paul, and yep. this this story is kind of creepy. Um, now, we've been talking a lot about cremation lately, and I've been through the process, as, as we all know, but there was a time not so long ago um, where a lady... So it's a very contemporary story. It's happened in the last 20 years, and it happened in guess where? Can you guess where or what country? Uh, starts here? with an A, America. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, this woman, she uh, her 
Husband passed away in his late 20s. He had an asthma attack. So it was very sudden and she was totally, totally in mourning. Yeah. And she used to take the ashes wherever she went. She'd take them shopping. She'd put them in the trolley. Mm-hmm. She would take them to sporting match matches and sometimes she even sat him down at the table and would cook for him some of his favourite dishes. Now, one day she was playing with the ashes and she got a tiny little bit of his ash, his yeah. bone, yeah. on her finger uh-huh. and she was about to wipe her finger clean. And then she thought to herself... I can't, I can't get rid of him. This is a part of my husband. Now, she was obviously developing some serious mental issues. She was taking this to a whole next level. And yeah. she sat there for a while looking at her finger. And then she decided to put her finger in her mouth. And she licked and sucked that finger until all his ash had gone. She had ingested Is that the right word? Or digested. She had ingested Mm. a small part of her ex, of her her deceased husband. And then she described the flavour. And uh, she admitted that it tasted pretty, pretty crook. But she then thought about it for some time and then she opened up the canister Mm -hmm. and she got a teaspoon and then... She ate. She just poured the teaspoon into her mouth and she believed that she was getting closer. He was, they were becoming one. But then she really desired and started to get a serious craving for her husband's bones. Mm -hmm. And over a period of time, she literally ate the remnants and then when she got right to the end, and this will be going on for some time, might I add, because there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a fair bit of uh, material to get through, and she wasn't mixing it with anything. Uh, she wasn't doing what a South American tribe used to do. They used to get the bone, grind it down, and mix it into a, a drink and consume it. Um, but she was just taking it neat. And uh, the problem for her was she became so obsessed with it, she developed a passion, a love, a desire to consume her partner's remains. But then the problem was she started to get right to the very end where there was only a tiny, tiny little bit left. And she realized that once she'd finished it, she'd never have anything more of him. So what she did, she then booked herself into an institution and had some serious therapy so that she could overcome this desire and still have maybe a tablespoon left of her dearly departed. How's that for a story? That's pretty stressful. Yeah. And it's true, which is wonderful. Yeah, it's true. But, you know, everyone's got to have a hobby, I guess. Dad, I know that's an odd point to finish the episode, but that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Ends. Um, And we've really had a great time sitting around with everyone and having a chat about People eating ashes. God, just get a hobby that isn't 
eating ashes. And remember to carry table salt with you all week, just in case um, anything escapes. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We've, we miss you terribly. We really can't wait to get back to our regular episodes. We've got a really big episode planned for next week. So have a great weekend, and we'll see you soon for more Loose Units. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.